0: There we go. I think you got it. Can you hear me? All right. All right. If you want to take your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 107 this evening. Psalms 107. Excuse me. shouldn't have covered that mic up. Um, You know, I was uh, reminiscing in the past several months. uh, I think I've got a little bit of an echo. Um, But... uh, Reminiscing the past couple of months, um, just a lot of a lot of things going on in my life. Um, you know, I, I was uh, many of you know I've had to, we've buried my father in August uh, unexpectedly, but in in reality you know, between me and my wife's family we've buried about eight family members this year, and uh, it's it's been uh, quite a quite a journey, you know, and uh, you know trusting the Lord through those things and. And I tell you, he's been good. Some stories, you know, when Pastor Sexton passed away, you know, we, you know, we started reminiscing on things in college and and uh, funny stories and whatnot. And and uh, but I was listening to a sermon uh, about a, about a week and a half ago, and been meditating on on this passage of scripture uh, throughout the day, driving down the road. Uh, uh, it's just been really working in my heart, and and. Uh, uh to begin the message I guess you'd think say is uh I I remember a story or I remember when I was younger my dad had a bass boat and uh and for some strange reason he desired to go out in the freezing cold uh and take me and my brother with it with no cell phones before the days really of cell phones uh, no way of contacting anything like that and we was going to test this boat out and um in the Turtle River, and there wasn't a soul that went out there either. It must have been a horrible day to go fishing, uh, because <laughs> there wasn't nobody else there but three edgy boys out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, that engine decided to lock up in the middle of Turtle River in Brunswick, Georgia, and we drifted. It was cold. I remember, you know, we drifted, and just by some sheer luck, some other idiot was out there, <laughs> and. And we were hollering and everything, uh, you know, trying to get that guy's attention. He finally, finally saw us, and he and he towed us in. And uh, you know, I remember it was cold, windy. Waters were a little rough. It wasn't like horrible, like ten foot swells or anything like that. But you know, I remember, uh, man, it was a troubled time. You know, because if you know anything about South Georgia, also they have these things called alligators. <laughs> You know, when you're pushed up against, the the, the things will get into the brackish water. Uh, Melissa worked in a a place right next to the marsh and things like that, and one day she's looking out the window, and out right on Highway 17, there was like a 9, 10-foot alligator sitting right next to Highway 17, Right now. so that so they were out there and into your mind you're thinking, all right, I drift we've drifted up into a little little area here right up against this marsh and all you think of is every just weird thing that can come out of those marshes. You know, and it stinks and it's just um anyway, it's just a rough time, you know. Um, but it's just funny stories about it. My my mom think had a few choice words from my dad when we got home. <laughs> but uh um but you know, we, we uh we had a you know, a life lesson there, learned whatever you want to call it. But uh, um, but tonight, that, that lesson does go along with the message tonight. Um, in Psalms 107, the Bible says in verse 21, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Mm. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Any good? All right And let the sacrifices of, uh, and let, the, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down in, into, down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, if you're in the habit of marking things, mark that, do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord. I was doing fine to him until recently. (laughs) And his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raises the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up into the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of the trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. And are at their wits' end. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then they that glad, uh, then, then are they glad. Can't see then are they glad because they were they be quiet so he bringeth them out unto their desired haven Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness for his wonderful works to the children of men I did some studying uh, a little bit uh, actually you know surprisingly if you know me uh, a little bit I'm you know, pastor's a pastor's of Civil War nut, and I'm a World War II nut. I love reading anything I can get my hands on, really, or listening to audio books or whatever on Civil War, World War II. Um, and, but I also just read stupid things, too, just, just weird. I used to with the teens. I don't do it so much anymore, but just weird facts that have nothing to do with advance your knowledge in life. You know, just just funny things that I used to... Read to them, but I, but I do do a fair amount of reading and things like that, but I was looking up some ocean facts and uh, I found out some pretty intriguing things that about eighty percent at least from what I've read you might find somewhere else on the uh, on the internet cause, you know everything's true on the internet but um, my, my little bit of reading eighty percent of the ocean has never been mapped um, and uh, I was looking in 2020 they said that twenty point uh, six I think percent of the of ob- ocean has has been mapped and and so when you think about those those perspective how large the 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 ocean is and we haven't even touched the hem of the garment of it there's so many places out in the ocean that are uh, you know from our satellite standpoint radars and things like that the planes have to be directed around it because they can't find them if you're there you know um, uh, I, was watching, I was reading something about the MH370, I believe, that went completely missing. You know, I think of all the technology we have in a Boeing jet that they can do all kinds of things with, and they can't find that thing because it's lost in the midst of 80% that they've never found, that they've never discovered. Um, and you think just how vast this ocean is. The largest tidal wave ever recorded in history, it was 1958 off the Alaskan coast where the tidal wave hit, uh, topped at 1,719 feet tall. Um, Challenger Deep, um, the deepest point that they know of because they still haven't searched 80%. is 36,037 feet at its deepest point that they know of, which you could bury the entire Mount Everest in and still have about 10,000 feet if I've got my math correct above it, in water. That's an amazing place, but it's also a dangerous place. Um, you think of all the ships that have went missing throughout all, all of human history, the men that have lost their lives, whole ships went down and took the, took the lives of all the men with them. The, you, you think of a, the most recent like, t- tragedy, I guess you can say, of, of 1912, I, b- I believe it was, uh, I think it was April 14, 1912, I believe, i'm wrong oops but you know thousands of people went to their went to the watery grave and died and 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 that's you know they they never recovered them and you can go on and on and on throughout human history of just how dangerous even with all the things i remember i think it was about five or six years ago a cargo ship went completely missing and all the things that we know of it's a dangerous place but God here is telling us that if you want to see his great work, it has to be done in great waters. I've, I've thought about, you know, I was looking up today some of the most dangerous animals and, I, and some of the largest animals in, in sea life. And I was surprised that a jellyfish is actually top ten. I think that thing's a hundred and I can't remember. And I might be wrong again. It's internet search. Um, a lion jellyfish, and you know, they've recorded them 150 feet long. Um, and you know, there, there's some pretty dangerous things out there. You know, um, the ocean itself is dangerous. I, I, I remember when growing up around the ocean, uh, near near the ocean. Now, granted, I'm not an ocean person in the slightest bit. I don't like the sand. I don't. I don't like. It's hot. It's, you know, everybody's sitting there saying, oh, you go to the beach to spend time to read, and I was, it's not comforting to me at all. I mean, it's like I go to vacation, like, there's the beach, now let's go do something else, all right? You know, that's, that's me, you know, but but it is a beautiful place, but it's very dangerous. You have to know the flags and the signals saying, all right, riptide warning here, don't swim here, because it'll pull you out so quickly you wouldn't think. I remember when I was younger, um, and my brother and, and a couple of people, a couple of teenagers from church, we decided I was going to go out uh, jet skiing, and uh, and we went out to to the to uh, in between Jekyll and Saint Simon's Island, and we were out just messing around and messing around and messing around, and we turned around eventually, and trees were about this tall. We're on jet skis. I mean, I don't know how far we were off the land, but when trees look like ants, we're in trouble. <laughs> um you know i mean but i mean it just just like that that current would carry you out and you just don't you're unaware of it because of the power of it uh you look at uh they're 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 researching advancements in getting electricity and power and things from the ocean because it's the most powerful force on earth it's a dangerous place and the the bible tells us here that these it says in verse 23 they that go down to the sea and ships now Jewish people at the time, they're not, they're not seafaring people. So it is something out of the ordinary for them when you think of it in this perspective, when he's telling it, they that go down in the ships, uh, in the sea, in the ships that do business in great waters, God's giving them something that's a little outside of their, ta- their task, per se. You know, and when I think of that in, in perspective of God's work, you know, in general, when you think about it, I'm dealing you know, with the hearts of people. It's outside of my, my realm of capability. Um, I remember uh, Pastor Sexton was sitting there and said, "The ministry would be wonderful without people," and it's true. It's true, you know. I mean, because all the problems you're dealing with has to do with people, and 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 there's uh, and that's not knocking anybody, but that's just that's just what you had to deal with. It's outside of my capability of fixing things. And when I think when I think of uh, myself every day, I mean, if you if you go to work with me every day, my mindset is I don't care what they give me, I'm going to fix it. Ain't nobody gonna come on my territory. Ain't nobody gonna come and come behind me, and um, and th- I'm gonna fix it because that's the way I'm built. I'm a fixer, so whenever I'm faced most of the time with a spiritual problem, uh, I have the same mindset. I'm gonna fix it, and when I make a mess of it, <laughs> um, then I have to get back to the, to the things that matter and the, the way God designed it. So it's a little, you know, it's, God's work is outside of what I can do without him. And he's saying here that if you want to see, verse 24, it says, these see the works. If you do your business in great water, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Now, when you think about Psalms 107, if you read the whole chapter, it's looking at, it's kind of like a, a, a here's, here's your problems, and then God fixes it. Here's your problems, and then God fixes it. Here's your problems, and you look at it about it in verse 3, the Bible says, then gathered, um, Excuse me, my my nose is. Uh, I'm having some issues. All right, but, and gathered them out of the land. So he's talking about speaking on lands. Oh God, says, man, we're just set up. Thank you. So um, it says that, uh, and he gathered them out of the land from the east and from the west. Excuse me. Um. From the from the east and from the uh, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way they found no city to dwell in they were hungry and thirsty so the Bible here is talking all right first of all their own land so uh, you, you know that there, there's he's speaking of all kinds of people per se and when I, uh, when we're thinking of this chapter it's reading as like all forms of life we're, we're dealing with a business of some sort Um. And that leads to my first point: is the business of life. You know, um, when you think about uh, life in general, you've got some people that love to stay on the land. Um, I'm not a I'm not a uh, air traveler by any stretch of the imagination. I can get on a plane, I just don't like to fly on a plane. It's boring. It's it's uh, it's, and I'm not a big fan of somebody putting my life in somebody else's hands. And. But, so, generally, when, when the youth, youth go on a, a, a missions trip and things like that, I don't go. <laughs> um, call it lack of faith, I don't really know what to call it, but I just don't like, you know. <laughs> but uh, I almost went on one once, but, uh, but I, I talked myself out of it. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that you got some people that stay on land. There's safety on land. You know, you think about it, if, if there's a storm that comes up on land... If you have a, a cellar or something like that, that that you can get in, if a tornado comes up, you can get to safety. But what happens when a hurricane comes up and you're on a ship? <laughs> you're going to ride it out. I mean, What happens whenever uh, you know, an earthquake happens underneath the sea? And then big old tsunamis come up and you're in a ship. <laughs> it ain't going to end well. <laughs> I've seen video after video of of them tidal waves coming in and taking them big old ships and just rolling them over like they're just nothing. On land, you just running running in, run in town. It's unless you're like one of those fools that are out there giving us all what we want to see on on social media right before the you know the wind takes you over when you're Facebook live and a tidal wave coming in or something like that. But. But, you know, uh, there's, there's many people that love to spend their spiritual life, spiritually, even thinking, of the safety of land. The Bible tells us here that, in, in, you know, when, when we're looking at it, he's talking about all different kinds of people in this. And, and there's some that live in land, there, and he gives the, the directions. And But he's talking in the middle of it, he's saying that those who want to see God's work and the greatness of it get in the sea. Um. In other words, they get into a place where you are not in control. I've, I've, I've spent this year um, in new territory um, where I can't fix it. You know, I've, I'm heading into a, a, a place in my life um, that's new territory. We were talking with some parents the other day. Uh, you know, and I was talking about some of my kids and, and their kids and things like that, and we were all sitting there thinking, "Oh my goodness, come June, I'm going to have a teenager in my house. <laughs> Lord, help me!" You know, but they're they're facing things. What, what do I do? During the, you know, I mean, I mean, how do how do I adjust? How do I make make the, make, make those things? And look, I know the scripture tells one tells you how to how to do it, but you know, the, the fear of failure is there. It's ever present. You know, the fear of, of, of making a mistake because you've got one shot with this child is ever-present. I, I, you know, I've, I've been the youth leader here um, um, for almost 10, 11 years now, and every group that comes in, my, my prayer and my desire is to see them grow and, and develop something out of that life. But you know what? I've had to pull some teenagers to the side and I profusely apologize to them because I made a mistake. Um, I've, I've messed up, and my desire is, is that I want to see them grow and nurtured and, and things. And, and, and I want them to get off the land and learn something about God. There's too many Christians today that spend all their life, the business of their life, and look, don't get this idea that my mindset is like, well, I go and I do my job and then I come and live the Christian life. It's not that way. You have a job so that you can live the Christian life in a sense, you can go out and do the work of God. Uh, you know, that's the reason why we have a good testimony where we, we work hard and we do, do right and things like that and be the right kind of testimony because we're not working so that we can live our Christian life on Sunday. It's about living a Christian life everywhere we go and doing the business that God has put us here for. Look, if God didn't want us to, to, uh, to live the Christian life in front of, to reach a lost and dying world, He would have saved you and took you on the glory. But He left you here to do the business of life. Now, here's the thing. In this business life, you can live it on land. You can live it in the sea. But either way, storms are going to come either way. life's going to smack you upside the head either way. On the land, on the sea, it's going to happen. People think, well, I mean, I, I, can, I can, and I know the feeling because in my life, it's always been I can fix it. No matter what, what comes my way, whenever my kids come to me with a problem, Daddy can fix it. No problem. You know, my dad would call me sometimes and ask me a question, you know, about cooking equipment. Anytime usually he called me at work or something during the daytime hours, is usually he was working on something that I work on usually every day. And, 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 the, and vice versa. If I call him, I, uh, you know, I actually called my uncle the other day with something, a question I would have asked my dad. And, and my dad would have fixed it. But when we come to spiritual things, I cannot fix it. I have to go to a higher power. And, when, and, and in, in the Christian life, we spend so much time on land trusting in ourselves, trusting that, that, that it, it, there's, it, it's, it's keeping us just enough in the Christian life where everything's wonderful, everything's great, but it's not stepping out on faith for God. Seeing God take the business of life and using it and letting us see something great. This business that we have, the Bible tells if you look in verse, uh, we already looked at three, four, 3 through 7, I didn't read it at all, but it says, "...they wander in the wilderness in the solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their, their soul fainted in them. They, then they cried unto the Lord." In their trouble, and he delivered. Look, on land, they had trouble. But the difference is, is they were living by force. They were forcing their way through life and making, making the, the statement that I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody else. They were saved. They were God's people, but they didn't need anybody because they could figure it out on their own. And yet, trouble came. <laughs> And then their mindset is like, well, let's push through it. Let's get it fixed. I mean, let's put it in today's terms. You know, we, we have a Sunday school class. I have a Sunday school class. I have a teen class. And I've got burdens. I've got prayers for, for certain teens. And I want to see God do something great in those teens' lives. And I'm struggling with it. And I'm teaching and I'm, and I'm preparing and I'm doing all these things for these teenagers, except maybe going to the one that can fix it. <laughs> Living on land. I've gotten a many in ten years. I've gotten in the car with Melissa, and, and I said, "Boy, you know, if I had to in my house, I could fix it." <laughs> I don't know how many times she's heard that. And God got a hold of my heart one day and said, "I don't think so. I might be able to change the outside of it, the way they respond to things, and the way that they the way that they uh, act in public, and things like that. I can fix that part, but it ain't gonna fix the spiritual part." And, and, and that's a struggle. I mean, but think about, we've, we've got so many ministries around here. We've got bus ministries. We've got teen, uh, teen, uh, 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 Sunday school ministries. We've got all of these things that need to be done. And look, it can be discouraging. It can be, it can be you know, downright just hard. Either if you're on land or if you're on sea, the struggles come. But it's how you approach it, you can either live it by force like they did on land. You can push it through. I'm going to get it done. No matter what, this is going to get it done. I'm going, to, I'm going to get over and teach my Sunday school lesson. I'm going to get in that bus and I'm going to drive it. I'm going to sit down and talk with those kids and make them understand that they need to sit in church and act like they're supposed to. On and on and on. You can go on and on. I'm going to make it happen. Living by force or living by faith. How are we going to take it? The business of life the reality of storms will be a second point. Verse 25, the Bible says here, uh, For he commandeth and raiseth up stormy winds, which lifted up the waves thereof. Verse 26, the Bible says, They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. Now, I don't know. Um, I know, uh, you know, Pastor, when he went on a cruise, I don't know how long he was you know, staggering to and fro after he got off that ship. <laughs> but uh, it was a while, and everybody knew about it. <laughs> You're welcome, Pastor. But, 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 but the thing is, is that I, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, now, I got over it pretty quick, but but, uh, but actually, once I got in some calmer waters, but I remember going fishing in Myrtle Beach. My my uncle has, has a place over there off Cherry Beach, and we went out fishing one day. Everything was fine. And I and I remember getting up and it was just a little rough water, just you know, just kind of just to and fro, not not horrible. And I remember getting up on that boat and walking over and and, and leaning down like this right here, and a, and a wave just kind of bumped the boat. And I'm leaning over and I just went like this. And oh my stars, I <laughs> I about lost everything I had for the past ten weeks. I mean it was <laughs> I mean that that seasickness is awful. <laughs> and and i remember sitting there my dad laughing at me my uncle laughing at me and so much compassion you can see where i get it from you know and 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 my my brother sitting there and everything and we and we brought the boat in some calmer waters and i just sat there for a minute and and i remember it just it just it's everything started getting level <laughs> man that's rough but the bible tells us here that i mean there's there's a reality of storms in life on land or sea, they're coming. And look, the intensity of it, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm an, I, I, I don't really deal with hurricanes up here, but when I was younger and living in South Georgia, hurricanes are something you just kept an eye on. I was talking with my boss today, uh, today and he was telling me he was driving through Cordell, Georgia, and I said, Man, I can tell you, you need to go sleep in that Walmart parking lot. And he's like, What? <laughs> I said Walmart in Cordell, Georgia. I said I remember me, my mom, my dad, and I don't know how many other people were packed in this Walmart parking lot, and we all slept in the parking lot running from a hurricane. And that was the last time my dad said oh, I will ever run from a hurricane again because we were sitting there with thousands of people, millions of people, running from this hurricane that they said it's going to hit Miami. Oh man, we messed up, and that's going to hit Daytona, and everybody fled Daytona, and they said, it's going to hit Jacksonville, and everybody fled Jacksonville, it was so many people running, I don't remember which one it was, they wound up hitting, like, New Jersey, I mean, it was, <laughs> but they emptied about the entire East Coast, and I, and I remember my Uncle Joey and them, they drove all the way to Mississippi, and they never found one vacant hotel, or one, one open hotel room, and, I mean, it was awful, but we, my dad was like, we ain't no getting none of my stuff so so as a 14 year old i get in a truck and i drive it by myself uh, me and my brother both were illegal and we drive both vehicles my dad's pulling a truck and a trailer and and my mom's pulling a truck and a trailer and we're all just kept you know convoying all the way up to Cordell, georgia and dad's we're gonna sleep here tonight and we're sitting there in the parking lot sleeping we called and they next morning call my call my uncle who didn't run and he said man sun's shining Breeze is beautiful here. <laughs> and uh, you yeah, know, but I uh, mean man, the whole East Coast and everybody moved off and of it. Uh, it was just it was just it was fun for me, you know, but but I mean you kept eyes on hurricanes. Hurricanes are powerful things, but so are tornadoes. You know, we're so we're familiar with it here. And you know, I uh, you know, I was my my children kept begging me to tell a story uh, about one of them. It's like will you tell one on Mariah? Will you tell one on Ray <laughs> So, but I can tell you this on Reagan, <laughs> since she was bugging me the most <laughs> to tell a story about Mariah. She is scared to death of storms. Scared to death. It could be because one day we're sitting in the house and our phones just started going off to take shelter now. And <laughs> I remember we had one closet that was inside the house that was smaller than this pulpit. I don't even know why they put the dumb thing in the house. <laughs> Couldn't put, none, I mean, it barely took a, you know, a, a, a vacuum cleaner. And Melissa, all three girls, and I was looking at like, think I'm gonna die. <laughs> so, so, but the 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 wind rose up a little bit, and things, the phones are going off, and and everything, and. And, you know, its I think that might have terrified her, you know. But, I mean, if it's going to be, I mean, if the radar has a light drizzle coming on, she's scared. <laughs> well, storms come. Trouble comes. But well, that's the reality of life. So we have a business that's in life. We have the reality of storms. We also have the work of our Lord. You know, I remember um, years ago—I can say now—working uh, under Pastor Sexton, and I remember some of the dumb things that I didn't think much of at the time. I did think much of it. I thought it was stupid, but, but you know, he had us doing things that just seemed ridiculous. Um, but learning under his ministry, understanding that the reason why we do things, everything's about winning people to Christ. It's about pleasing the Lord and everything that we do. It's about honoring God. That, and that if I'm if I'm cleaning toilets that nobody sees, it's still about honoring God. If it's mowing the grass twice a week around the auditorium and making sure that they're striped a certain way, and making sure that when we vacuum the vacuum the church, if you I don't know about now, but but when we were when we were there, that there's a purple carpet that's up front, and and there's purple carpet on the on the the. the uh, steps and things like that did you know they were striped you ever go there whenever when I was there I don't, like I said I don't know about now but we striped them with the, with the vacuum cleaner it wasn't a you had to run stripes back and forth that's stupid <laughs> hello <laughs> but, but the thing is, is is that um he wanted things done a certain way that honored God because here's the thing Some people would not come to that church and hear the gospel preached if it wasn't done that way. Say, well, that's a crazy reason. But we did it anyways. Because the goal was to honor God, to lift Him up, and get the work of God done in this world. We see here, verse 24, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. You will never understand the true power and work of God until you step out a little bit into the deep. On land, I hope thing that fell through, <laughs> I'm in control. Wherever I put my feet, I'm in control. When I get out on the sea, I'm at the captain's mercy. You know, it, it's amazing when you read uh battles and things and you think, why would a general make so much of a difference in battle? Why would a why would a captain of a ship make such a difference in battle? And it does. It it I I've, I've been reading a book, uh, 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 uh audio book on uh Stonewall Jackson. And an amazing man. Need to read about him. And for Anybody watching online? If you're a teenager, he he wasn't he wasn't all about slaves slave as far as you know his mindset. Read a little bit more. He was more about it was more to him than about slaves. I guess you'd say put it that way. There were some things because you can learn from his life, the good and the bad. That's maybe a better way to put that, the good and the bad. But he was an amazing general. Um, I think, you know, listen, listen to the story, that if they would have listened to him at the beginning of the war, that would have turned out way different. Because his battle plan actually had something similar to Sherman's. And Sherman's worked. They'd be burnt the south to the ground. <laughs> and his was kind of the same idea. But I have no idea why. Oh, uh, you... you um, but you, you, when you when you're thinking in perspective of how much of a difference a captain makes in life, when you when you put yourself totally in in the in the in trusting God and faith and, and things, you'll see some amazing things in the midst of storms. I remember uh, uh, this past week I drove up to Nickajack, or uh, heading up to Winchester, and I was coming around Nickajack, and I remember seeing that that lake. It was like glass, and the sunset that was coming down. I told Melissa it was absolutely beautiful. It was like watching two different skies, and and rarely do I do I see it in that time because usually the mo- the lake's moving, but I mean it was beautiful. But I've also seen it in swells and and rough, and you know my bro- my brother in law does does uh, he's got a catamaran I think that's what it's called um, you know and he's been. He's had to take care of that thing and captain that thing to keep it, to keep it afloat. Captain makes all the difference in the world. But that still, you know, it still takes the charge away from me. And what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that with the, with this, God's telling his people, he's saying, look, those that do business in great waters get to see great things. You know, there's more to the Christian life and rules and regulations. <laughs> it ain't about that at all. You know, I, they, you know, me and my wife, you know, have been married. A, coming up on 18 years in July, right? Yes, man, I'm good. <laughs> 18 years. You know, me and her been through a lot. I've sat there with her uh, crying her eyeballs out about wanting to have, have children. Five years. Couldn't figure out why. Doctors poking fun, making fun at her and things like that made me mad as a hornet. <laughs> I sat there with her. Things, things that happened in her family early on, I sat there with her. When things happened in my family, she sat there with me. We went through trouble, struggles. There's a different bond there than I have with any other woman. No one else gets that bond. And when you go through the storms with God, <laughs> there's a different bond there. Come on. You read stories of World War II combat veterans, and you listen to them and things like that. They talk about a bond that only a soldier can have to another soldier. I can't say that. I've never been in battle. never been in the military. But they talk about there's something different when you've laid shoulder to shoulder with them. In battle with death all around you. There's something different. And God is trying to make the, 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 the uh, comparison here. He's saying, look, when you go through the storms and you put your faith and trust in me and me alone, you'll build a bond because that's what the Christian life's about. God created man for fellowship. We're the ones that broke it and God's trying to fix it. <laughs> And if you want to see something great for God, step out into the deep and trust Him. He's good for it. It's not a risk when you when you put your... I mean, it's scary in the sense to say, I'm going to let God have my entire life. But in God, there is no risk. He's going to take care of you. And he says here also that... Uh, Gotta hurry up! Uh, he says here, if we want to see, if we if we're doing business in great waters, we'll see great works. Uh, you know, look, and, and in the midst of all this, look, there's a breaking a breaking point that comes in the storms. I've, like I said, I've struggled this year a good bit, questioned a lot of things, and had to go back and anchor myself in certain things. It was a breaking process. The Bible says here that they reeled to and fro and staggered like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Boy, I've I've felt that this year. (laughs) So you have great waters. You get to see great things, but you see great brokenness in the midst of this water. As I can imagine, being on a ship... Been tossed to and fro, and the only, <laughs> the only people that kind of knows what's going on is the ones that's up there with the captain. <laughs> that has to be utter fear. I mean, it, it, and reliance. But here's the thing that really taught me something today, and, and this is the way I took it. But I want you to look in verse 6. And I'll be finished. The Bible says, "Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses." Verse 13. "Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses." Verse 19, "Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their fear or out of their stresses. Now I've gotten my mind. I told somebody the other day, I said, I am going to drag myself <laughs> across the finish line of 2024, Lord willing, 2023, Lord willing. I'm going will to drag myself right on past it. <laughs> and that's kind of the way I see what he's talking about here with these land, land dwellers. He said he delivered them. He picked them up, threw them across the finish line. <laughs> Verse 13, it says he saves them out of there. He picked them up and threw, (laughs) threw them out. Verse 19, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them. He picked them up and he threw them across the finish line. But look how the people wind up that go in great waters. This is the way I took it and it just blessed me. If you take it a different way. That's your problem. But it was good to me. Verse 28. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, and the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them out unto their desired haven. I I think of, in a sense, when I'm saving someone, I've I've watched... uh, how many of things the the Coast Guard out there, and they're they're yanking people, and they even tell them sometimes when they're acting a fool, you knock them out. You know, you know when the swimmers are out there, and they're just going, "Oh, I'm gonna die!" They punch them and knock them out. You know, and I and I've seen people trying to get rescued, and they're just flipping out. <laughs> but when someone's brought, brung along, there's a lot more peace to that. And look, you can come kicking and screaming, getting through your troubles and going, I'm so glad I made it past that. Man, that was rough. Or you can have God bring you along. And in the midst of it, there's a peace and contentment. Trouble on every side. My brother called me and told me my dad was gone. And I don't say it to brag, but all I could tell was God is good. And he said, yes, it is. And I can promise you, God has met every need and given peace in the midst of trouble. Have I got my dad back? No. Has it made things easier? No. No. Have I had peace going through it? Absolutely. And has God met need after need after need after need? He's good for it. In great waters. You want to have some peace in your trouble? Get in the great water. Because look, death wasn't going to be stopped if I was on land. That person you're praying for to get saved is, not, is either going to get saved or lost when you're on land. That child that you're worried about and concerned about, and, and it, they're not going to get right, or they are going to get right, whether you're on land or, or the sea. But you're missing out on something great if you're not out in the deep water just putting some faith and trusting God. You say, well, I've, I've tried everything with my child. I've done everything I can do. Why not give it to God? I pray, I've, I've, I've sat there and I've witnessed this person, witnessed this person, witnessed this person, tried to fix it, tried to fix it. Why not step out on deep waters and give it to God? I've tried this ministry, and I've worked it, and I've done, and I've done, and I've done, and I've done. Why not let God have His way? Put some faith in God and let it grow. We've got some bus kids, and we have some challenges with them. I remember sitting here where we've called them out from the pulpit before and asked God to pray specifically when we've got to work in their heart. How many really believes that will happen? That's what I'm talking about, stepping out on faith. Letting God do the work and you can see some great and wonderful and mighty and powerful things that you can't see on land. Man, he's good. They've never had bow. And every eye closed, they come to the piano and play. What are you struggling with tonight? Next year, our church's theme's on faith. We launch out into the deep and trust God for it. I'm praying our teenagers will learn what it's like to trust God. I want them to step out and have something. Our, our children, we've, we've talked with them and we're, we're wanting this year to not just run to mommy and daddy and ask for every little thing. Go to God and ask him first. Trust God. Because if my children can learn something, not, not sitting there me teaching them, you know, hey, this is how God does it, this is how God does it. I want them to get in on it. I want them to step out into the water and trust God for something. What do you need to trust God with? As we begin to play, the altar's open. If God's spoken to your heart, come come, do business with you. Stand if you will. What are you struggling with tonight? Struggling with surrender? Letting God have His way. Putting faith and trust in an all-caring, all-knowing, all-wonderful God. tell you he's good for just let him have it let him have it
1: you heard the message tonight a message from the heart thank the lord for it we're coming to the end here of 2023 here in a few hours and yes brother edgy been with him all the way here this year and uh, he's uh, explained things to us tonight. He's been through some storms. And if we could go around this room, you've been through some storms too. And, but the Lord has allowed you to get this far. And so as we approach this new year, as Brother Larry said this morning, to renew. He's renewing some things in his own ministry. Maybe we need to renew in our own life right now, some things in our own life. Uh, we need to pray for one another. We need to pray for our pastor. We need to pray for our church. We need to pray for the church leaders. We just need to pray one for another. Uh, This time last year, we never knew what was going to happen. None of us do. We don't know about tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow. And so we're thankful for that. So let's take a moment tonight uh, before we're dismissed. And if you'd like to, let's come to the altar tonight. And let's pray and ask the Lord's blessings on our church, our pastor. Uh, this, this new year, we're coming in here, 2023, and just come on up, if you would, and make way around the altar, and I think it'd be good for us. Uh, last time together here, as we're looking forward to a new year, and yes, there's something about newness, there's something about a new year, and we're thankful for it, and we need to thank God for the, the lessons we learned this past year, and let us learn new lessons this year. And let us have a renewness in our faith and a renewness in our life that we want to serve God even more this year and to do more. And we want to see more things happen in this place. Our pastor will say more next week as as he'll talk about a vision. And I'm thankful for a pastor that does have a vision, has a vision for our church here. And let's just pray for him in a very special way. And uh, as you're standing there. And... um, let's you just pray and at the altar here you pray and ask the lord to help you and um i'm going to ask and i'm going to do this um brother trask um i'm going to ask you i'm going to give this mic to you You can stand right there and if you would pray for us tonight would you do that brother Uh, yes let me come and give this to him and we love brother trask and the ministries he's had so many years.
2: Our Father, we thank you for this service tonight. We thank you for the word of God that we heard, the challenge from your word. And Lord, there may be someone here that uh, has a problem that they can't solve, but yet, Lord, may they realize you can solve it for them. And so I pray for each one that's here. I pray for the church this coming year, that you might just uh, use each of these. We pray, Father, that you might, through this, may we see many souls come to know you. We pray for the pastor and his family and the workers here uh, in this church. And Lord, I pray that as we think about around the world, there's people that need you. And I pray that you might just bring them to the place where they hear the gospel, maybe for the first time, but they hear the gospel, and this will be the day of salvation for them. Thank you again for this message. You bless me with it. And I thank you for that tonight. In your name I pray. Amen.
1: Thank you. Thank you, folks. Now let's be dismissed tonight. Uh, Happy New Year. You have a great day tomorrow. Let's be back on Wednesday night. Pray one for another. Pray for a pastor and others are traveling. And again, thank you. Thank you, Brother Daniel, for the message tonight. God
2: bless you. You're dismissed.